Yo, uh, I'm Locksmith. I'm Kezi. I'm Piers. And we make up the UK music band Rudimental. I like to get all British, sorry, when I, when I hear the guys from Rudimental, I can't help it. Um, welcome to the next episode of Introducing. Um, my name is Tim. I did catch up with Piers, Kezi and Locksmith, the three geniuses behind the larger-than-life act that is Rudimental. If you've not seen a Rudimental show, it's kind of like a church-like experience, okay? Um, I saw them at the Metro in Sydney to a sold-out crowd. It was, it was, it was religious. It was. Um, I'm like, obviously, there's their big songs like These Days and, and Waiting All Night. Feel the Love, we know that. Alibi was their new one. They snuck in with some Gangsters Paradise vibes. They had it all. It was pumping. Now, we talk all things growing up on the same street, going to the same school, right through to being wooed by Beyonce and Jay-Z. And what they did might surprise you when they were confronted with that experience and opportunity. It's rudimental. Welcome back to Australia. I'm going to ask you how many times it's been. You probably lost track, but I feel like I, I, I see you guys here a bit. Yeah. Not personally yeah, like about, this. Probably <laughs> about 20, we're guessing. Yeah. 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 It's definitely yeah. been between 20 and 25 times. And it's this crazy. time for the Australian Open, I, I saw you guys, you played at the men's final. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you tennis fans? Is that the, the real reason you're here? Like, did you try and just drag a few tour, a few shows around the tennis? <laughs> to be fair, I, I, I like tennis. I, I wouldn't say I'm a massive, huge fan, but I do like it when it, like, obviously, like Wimbledon. Yeah, well, that's know, the OG, right? Yeah, exactly. So when Wimbledon <laughs> comes about, I think the, the whole of the UK kind of stops and stands still for a bit, yeah. unless there's big football going on they don't uh, have music at Wimbledon though do they it's really no different. no and that's the, you know what now that you said that that's pretty cool the fact that we played at the Australian Open and we did like a, a proper full-blown concert yeah you know on I, a tennis court I, I get the feeling whenever I travel around the world and you, you you travel more than me but I think Australia is almost like we test things out here like, <laughs> yeah. we're like the yeah, big guinea pig definitely. down the bottom of the globe yeah yeah definitely <laughs> it definitely and it, works yeah, and if super works and then England might go yeah we'll try that yeah no I think I think we should try it yeah I UK. think Wimbledon they're a bit too reserved there oh yeah. my god yeah. I remember going to watch a game and it was like shush shush yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What, you can't even cheer? For, like, <laughs> what's the yeah. point? I might as well be at home. <laughs> Watching it on the TV. Yeah, it's yeah. intense when we're doing, but it's I've never been. Watch. I've never been. Yeah, everyone dresses up nice. I think it's a good, like, press opportunity oh, for, yeah. for people. Do you know what I mean? Brad Pitt, you know? Yeah, like, there's an opportunity. There's a chance that you're sitting next to someone mega famous. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. In your brand new suit. And you know, <laughs> yeah. it's all that. But, I do remember, but we won't talk about tennis the whole chat, but I remember I went to one yeah. game at the Australian Open once, and exactly like you were saying, I... In a moment that I thought I could have a bit of time to myself, I put my hand in a chip packet and it yeah. rustled and everyone's like, shh. Yeah. I'm like, what a cool sport this is. <laughs> <laughs> you know, People come it? out of nowhere in suits. Like, they literally come out of nowhere. Shh, 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 shh. <laughs> um, now, I saw you guys at the Metro in, um, here in Sydney on Tuesday night. Amazing. A sold-out yeah. show. How did that feel? Because from where I was standing, it didn't look like any of you were having a bad time. That was, <laughs> it was yeah. incredible. It was a great show. It was so it was so much fun. And I think it was really nice for us to do a bit more of an intimate venue. It's been like, I mean, we've done so many massive stages and stuff. And to come here and have like a, a smaller room just filled with energy. Yeah. Like you could see everybody's faces. You could see... 
you could feel everything. And yeah. It just, I think it made for a very special night. Yeah, the the sweat was definitely dripping off the ceiling. You know, <laughs> I don't feel like you guys pull back though. Like you say intimate, but it feels like what you were doing on stage. You're, you may we may as well have been a two hundred thousand yeah, strong crowd. At no, we've always we've <laughs> always said that. You know, it's not just about the audience just playing their role and just listening to the band. You know, yeah, they come there and they're part of the show. And we like to make sure we give that feeling off, you know, from the moment we play our first song to the very last. And there's so much energy in there. If you haven't seen the Rudimental show, you need to come see it because it kind you of... You are allowed uh, to eat chips and talk if you want, unlike the tennis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No one's going to take you to shush. <laughs> yeah, if you're rustling your hand through a packet of crisps, you'll be fine. But yeah, no, if you haven't seen the Rudimental show, you need to come see it because it is like the missing piece of the puzzle if you've only listened to the music in the comfort of your own space. Yeah, well, well, even looking at like what seeing, I've seen you a few times live and, and dropping in new singles like you do on Tuesday. Like when you, when you played Alibi, obviously your first time I'd, I'd seen it live. It doesn't look like you're a band that has trouble like debuting new songs in your sets. Do you know what I mean? Because it, it all everything obviously just feels right. It's not like you go, all right, guys, we're gonna play our new stuff now, and everyone goes, oh, yeah. <laughs> you, it was just like it was like one one of the older songs. You know, it was just it was yeah, wonderful songs, to see. The new songs really did feel like that actually. Um, I think it's nice. I guess we've been doing it for like te- ten over ten years now, so maybe I think playing those new songs it kind of does slot into place more, like sonically. And yeah, I, I really enjoyed playing the new ones, particularly in that show. Yeah, and it's something we've always done over the years. You know, playing new unreleased music, testing it out on the crowd, and it's influenced single choices before in the past and. It's always good to test it on the crowd and see see what works, you know? Yeah, we come from a DJing background as well, as well as playing live. Um, and any DJ out there will know it's like it's always a risk playing a new song because you don't know how it's going to react. Yeah. But I always feel like the pros outweigh the cons, you know? Um, if you get a good reaction, then you can go back and you can be like, you know what? That works. Um, how can we make it even better? And sometimes that's the case with the music from where you're saying did you see any subtle subtleties in the crackers where i was saying it looked like everyone was enjoying everything equally for an hour and a half oh like, you definitely <laughs> you definitely get the the subtleties because people are trying to um absorb it in yeah. and they're trying to register with their brain do i actually like this um uh, you know what? i'm just gonna rave to it you know yeah. so yeah how, how does a band like you, obviously with such high energy music, most of them, how, how, do, how do you guys write? Like, because I'm interested to know, I, I can always see like a guy who plays, sits at a piano and, 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 and writes his songs. I can see that in my head straight away. But how does Rudimental put their songs together? Some, sometimes it is like that. Yeah. I mean, not very often. But there's, there's never <laughs> really... alibi on the piano. <laughs> well, no, a lot of our songs, like, don't start off as D&B or drummer-based songs. Yeah. And then it's like we flip it afterwards. And it's like you've got a raw song there and then we put all the production and energy behind it. Sometimes that is what happens. Yeah. Other times it's just like all of us in the studio working on ideas and vibing off each other, testing out things. So that there's never really a formula and I think that's what kind of keeps it fresh for us. Do you remember the first song you guys wrote together? Yeah, oh. for, for probably like together with... Uh, it might be Feel the Love, but uh, Deep in the Valley, I don't know. The, the, the feel, around Feel the Love, that whole, yeah. pretty much that first album was was the, the time that we really spent all of the time together making, starting and see, finishing the song. See, for me, that's that's hit 
time. So that, that's yeah. a different timeline. Before that, Rudimental was always making music together. So from about the ages of 16, we've known each other since we were five years old. I was going to say, grew up on the same street or just went to the same school or both? Grew up on the same street. Went to the same school. On the same street. Oh same, yeah, same school. How, okay, how same far school. away were you on the same street? Probably about twenty doors down, okay, maybe. That's unbelievable. Yeah. yeah, we'll say that's pretty close then. <laughs> yeah, no, we went to the same school in infants, yeah. uh, which is like five years old. Yeah, yeah. Above, um, and yeah, Kezi was probably a right. bus ride, which was probably about a two-minute bus ride up the road. How exotic. Yeah, <laughs> exactly that. But yeah, as teenagers, we were writing songs together then and uh, we were sort of like an underground sort of pirate radio station scene. So it hasn't always been, you know, filled of love and no. playing in front of tens of thousands of people. But that's that's what everyone sees and yeah. rightly so, you know, because those yeah. are the biggest songs. But so there is a dark history the, about us. Well, let's go, well, well, let's go then. No, no, let's love. not. <laughs> <laughs> there must have been a moment where you all went, this is a fun little hobby that's, you know, keeping us out of trouble versus now this is a job or this could be a job because we're actually pretty good at it. You know what? To be fair, can you remember when... Uh, we had that rundown studio in Tottenham, North London, yeah. and we, we had the raw bit of Field of Love. I know I'm going back to Field of Love, but it was really raw. Yeah, we heard of it. We know it's successful. We get oh, yeah, it. Yeah, see that. <laughs> see when Field of Love came out. Yeah, it probably stayed in the hard drive probably two or three years before it came out. And the first initial draft was like us just singing, singing the lyrics. And I remember us in that studio, and we just like trashed the place because. We thought it was going to be the next big thing, and we ended up taking our clothes off. We was ended up in our boxes and screaming out "Feel the Love" lyrics, and yeah, was, and then it didn't do nothing. <laughs> it was all around like them few years. Like there was, I mean, if you, if you want to Google uh, an interesting rudimental song that you probably haven't heard, it's "Deep in the Valley," and it was probably about a year or two before that where we were, you know, started putting out music, releasing music together, like. And and it was it was more of it was like it got more collaborative, and it has got more collaborative over the years. Like, but yeah, originally it was a lot to do with like DJing on pirate radio, playing songs we made, and 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 we'd hand songs over to each other, and then or get in the studio and tweak it together. And it was like yeah, them early years were just a lot a lot to do with like I guess DJing out, playing playing on pirate radio, and like. Um, enjoy and enjoying it really we didn't really maybe in them years i don't know if we like planned to be on like a big stage at glastonbury mm. um that probably just organically just, happened i was just trying to figure out how to keep the lights on to be honest yeah, with you. yeah that's so, what i'm saying like, more yeah, importantly baby yeah. steps baby steps, baby that's steps. It. That's exactly. it. it was all about the creativity and it just was, just making music fun, wasn't it yeah it's fun without really thinking too far ahead just being in the present. Uh, that's why I feel sometimes for kids who are using social media so much more than was around when you started, that they're comparing themselves now to yeah, all these and, and expecting that straight away. Like, I need to be Miley Cyrus, otherwise I'm a failure yeah, yeah. kind of thing. We know? put out songs um, and, and tried to hold events and 20 people turned up. They were all our friends. And then we did a video shoot dressed up as rabbits. <laughs> and it made, it made like, you know, didn't, didn't, didn't get into the charts and didn't like, you know, but it was, it was, you know. We loved it. Yeah, we loved it. And, we, and, and it's part of the journey, you know, them early songs, you know, that don't do great but they're like creative, important creative steps in your journey. Yeah. 
When the uh, the debut album Home came out in 2013, what was what was the UK listening to then? Because I mean, it feels like you guys brought drum and bass to the masses. But what was what was the what was the, what were people listening to in the UK in 2013? I think it was pretty eclectic. There was a few genres that were doing really really well um, around about that time. Disclosure were coming up. Oh yeah, and they had the sort of like the house scene on Smash yeah. at that time, and we kind of had this DMB infused with live instrumentation and uh, electronic sounds and so the come up was really centered around that if you like and it was good because we ended up doing a festival together and when i say a festival together we had our own festival and it's called wildlife and we got to create curate it and have some amazing um musicians and artists headline from the likes of sam smith to uh do we have nas nas do we Jamie have Marley. Ice Cube ourselves. We had Ice Cube there, which oh, yeah. was Ice Cube. Um, no, nah, it was fun. It was fun. But that that kind of era had like an explosion of new artists um, that not only featured on our tracks but featured on um, Disclosure think, as well. Was it? It was around 2013. We did that Annie Mac tour, mm. and it was us Disclosure. Was it Magnetic Man? Who else was on there? Red Light. Red Light. Red Light. Um, yeah. Gorgon City. Were they on that? I'm not too I'm, sure. I don't think Gorgon were, but it was that tour was kind of like the sound of UK dance music. That was a melting point at that time. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was also a big, big like emphasis on producer artists. Like around that time, it was just it, it, was, it was like quite a lot of producer artists yeah. kind of coming through. Mm. Yeah, like being the face of the music. Yeah, it's funny though because I remember even around that period, 2013. I remember I went to my first Glastonbury at 2014, and I'll never forget this. So I was Kasabian closed, 200,000 people. There were flares. Two weeks later, Kasabian played a, a venue similar to the Metro, and it didn't sell out. It wasn't even sold out. Oh really? Yeah. What do you think it is about your music that? I mean, around the world, I mean, you're playing big stages everywhere. This is not just like, you're not just big in Australia and how good is that? Like, you have traveled the world with your music. I think it's uh, relatable to people. You know, there's some meaningful subjects within the music that people can relate to. And um, it kind of motivates and inspires people to either go out for a run, um, <laughs> rave. Yeah. And in some case, mourn you know and it's kind of some of the songs that help people get through some shit yeah uh, you gotta think of like not giving in it's like every time we come there and people tell us stories about what not giving in did for them and uh it's just really important for us so that those emotive feelings stay within not only our music but translates onto our audience and i think that's what's translated around the world with our music and kept us selling out venues yeah yeah um, what about going to America? Because I remember reading when I was reading some stuff the other night about um, being invited to play at uh, Jay Z's uh, label in the US. Mm -hmm. what, what was that? Was that a moment that you kind of couldn't believe? Like that it's, it's your music's. It's one thing to, to touch people around the world, but when it's getting to people like that, you know, like that must be a. a yeah, pretty he sent us some champagne, didn't he? Did he? His own his own champagne. I don't know if he yeah. personally sent it, but like his PA. Sent yeah, it yeah, his. yeah. But he doesn't have his own champagne. Yeah, I think it's so. <laughs> so I think um, him and his missus were in sort of like a, his missus were in like a cahoots about getting us on a track. So I remember it was around the time when Beyonce wanted to work with us yeah and we kind of had the choice to work with Beyonce or pave our own way 
in the yeah. game and then they invited us over it was san francisco wasn't it it was a festival festival philadelphia in philadelphia, philadelphia, philadelphia sorry yeah. yes it was a festival in philadelphia yeah right and you know they yeah. kind of did the semi woo kind of vibe um but yeah no it was a it was a massive compliment did they send you a plane or just champagne just the champagne and then yeah there. they they sent us uh you know the the, the public carrier <laughs> you know in, a, in economy which was nice <laughs> <Yeah>. of them <laughs> so and you just decided to pave your own way that's a pretty massive yeah i think it was moment. very important at that time you know yeah. um because it, I think the proof's in the pudding that we've managed to stand the test of time yeah, for sure. by doing that. Um, not to say it, it might not have happened if we did choose to work with yeah. it. But, Travelling so much and, and, you know, you obviously travel with such a big band. Well, firstly, actually, I want to ask you, because seeing you even on, on Tuesday, I, I find sometimes I just end up being focused on one person mm-hmm. in particular. And the band that you tour with, like how, firstly, how long have they been together for? How do you find new members to fit into this chaotic, exceptionally talented group of people? Is it hard or have they all been with you forever? Uh, I mean, a lot of them have been, well, actually, there's... There's two extra members that have been with us right from the start, which is our drummer and our trumpet player. Um, and then vocalists, we've got a revolving like every year or every other, every two years we find the new hot talent that's coming through and yeah. they come and sing with us. What was your um, female vocalist's name on Tuesday? Shanae. She was unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. no, she's amazing. And it's only a second show with us. Is that us. right? So the first yeah. one was in... Uh, the first one was Melbourne. So. Melbourne. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so... So you could have told me you've been working with her for 20 years and I'm like, yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. No, yeah. so yeah, we, we seem to have a really good knack of finding like-minded, talented people that are born for the stage. Yeah, and the show's constantly evolving, constantly progressing, and we're always trying to push boundaries with it, you know? We're always thinking right what can we do differently that can wow the audience obviously we've got a baseline where the energy and the performance level needs to be up there yeah. but musically as well it needs to be in tune with what us three believe in so we've got if it's really hard for people to understand what rudimental is until they come to a show because we're not in none of our videos um we're not really you know the press kind of people who want to be in front of the camera all the time, you know? Hence why we're doing this podcast. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> no. Not a camera inside. Uh, no camera inside. But okay, zero listeners, no streams. Exactly. You're safe here. Exactly. <laughs> so there's there's three there's three members in Rudimentals, myself, Lock locksmith and kezzy and Piers, and then we've got what we call our extended family who when we do play live they jump on and that uh comes in the form of trumpet player couple vocalists drummer and then obviously you've got the backroom staff who make the the show click um and then you've got a dj set which all three of us dj and yeah. we're going to try and evolve that dj set so it's a, a powerful addition to the rudimental show as well so there's a lot to look forward to in 2024 oh that's unreal because i, I want to know as well with, with with so much going into your live shows do you find it difficult to write on the road or do you have very di- distinct times i mean obviously you can't help when an idea comes to you but do you like, no, 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 we're doing this tour in Australia now, but when we get home, we'll put some time away. Or can you write on the road with technology and put stuff together pretty quickly? Go on. Go on. Yeah, no, I mean, I think on the road, it's more like, let's let's make something, like almost like bedroom producing, where yeah. you have a couple hours, you might be on the plane and you, you start an idea or something. Yeah. Um, but I think after years of touring and trying to produce on the road and book studios in different places around the world I think we've realized it's actually more beneficial to 
book a set of amount of time out at home and just spend like months in the studio back in London. Um, it's a lot more productive for us. Yeah, and what I love is that there's three of us at the minute, like Piers is on uh, a steamroll of creativity at the minute. Like you can't stop this guy from making a beat. So he's on the plane in his room making a beat. Is that why you hurt your hand? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what did you do? That's a, so uh, much creativity. <laughs> he's hurt his hand. He's literally there like that. Playing football with with kids really. That, that oh. I just dis dislocated my finger uh, and had two operations before I came out. Oh my god! I was gonna say it does yeah. look serious. It looks more than like a sprain. It does look very serious. Yeah, he yeah, should have yeah, seen him last bad. week with his sling. Yeah. It's, it's but um. It's it's not been ideal, but um, luckily I can play the parts on stage with my index finger, so yes. it's, it's fine. Okay, okay, good. It's, it's workable, but um, yeah, I mean, we spend a lot of time on our laptops creating ideas all the time. So I think recently there has been a kind of useful kind of way of like focusing and saying, actually, you know, we're going to go off and do this camp. I'm going to create a writing camp and, 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 and focus and produce music in that period and that is helpful actually especially with like touring and like family life like to actually focus your mind but yeah just sometimes creative creativity hits and you just mm. you just want to make yeah. something and that happens whenever mm. yeah touring's hard yeah touring's hard then to try and juggle <laughs> yeah. as many things as we try to juggle is uh it can be very difficult and as well with uh, with the collaborations you do like when you even when you hear like john newman for instance on, on your tracks like to me that it's like well no one else can sing that that's amazing do you have a voice in mind when you write or do you kind of pimp it out <laughs> sometimes <laughs> no, no. Yeah, sometimes um and i guess with for example john newman uh for all the love we was looking for that right singer for a while and then when we did hear john newman's voice it was like immediately we knew yeah it would take the track to a whole whole new level so sometimes it is like that where we go through a number of different um vocal options and and see which works when other times we just know instantly this is the dream vocal you want and try and reach out to them well a few more days left in australia and then as you've you've teased me that 2024 is going to be a big year yep um we we, le we leave this chat though with getting you to introduce us to someone that you're loving at the moment that you're listening to and we'll get you to each individually answer that if you'd like but someone that you'd like to introduce us to oh who was i listening to get your spotify out you know everyone does it <laughs> i was trying to show the boys because um uh, can I tear them up and still try and find them? We're going to edit this anyway, aren't we? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, we're live around Australia, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't fuck this up. Uh, there was a track I actually sent to Piers the other day, um, which I heard, which was from a singer called Amindi. Okay. The track's called Greenhouse. How do we spell Amindi? A-M-I-N-D-I. -I. Okay, good. A lot of um, artists aren't spelt like you think these days. That's all, you know. They've got uh, Vs instead of Us. And <laughs> but yeah, she's got an amazing vocal. And I could see her featuring on a rudimental track. Oh, yeah. I, was, I was saying to Piers, we should reach out at some point and get in. Oh, but yeah, yeah, she's up and coming artist. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, she bangs. She's sick. Something I keep listening to is uh, Duran Jones and uh, Indi Indications. I, I love the fact that they sound like old school Motown. Um band i think there's two vocalists in there and then they've got their band it's just crazy i haven't really worked out what how the format works with them yeah but i love the sound yeah that's awesome well boys thank you so much for your time i know you're very busy you've got a t another two big shows here um brisbane and perth they don't know what they're in for so uh good luck with those thank and you. um congrats on the new stuff as i said alibi went nuts on tuesday it was yeah. unbelievable yeah. to thank see. you thank you
hopefully the recovery goes well for you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and we'll see you back here real soon. Yes, yeah, so. Thanks, Cheers, man. Thank you.